Uh, we're going to start off with um, John Dale. Um, with the first question. Hey guys, how are we doing today? All right, th thanks for uh, doing this, by the way. Uh, I wanted to say hello to everybody. And my uh, my only question is, what is it going to take to play football in the spring? I know you guys have a lot to think about between now and then, but what will it take? Will there, will there need to be a vaccine before you think we play football in the spring? And I'm sure you've had those discussions. Well, Del, this, this is Clyde Dowdy, and then Jackie can jump in. Corona is making the decisions for all of this right now. And so we're following the lead of the science and the data. And we have plans in place that for a schedule for the spring for football, should we be able to play? And if that is, you know, if that comes to fruition, we will be able to play at least our conference games. Or we're looking to play our conference games in the spring. And we are making plans to do so if things get better medically. And John, I will. I would add that um, we, we've been having conversations with Dr. Hayline at the NCAA and also the NCAA and um, other leagues about this as well. Um, I do think there may be some guidelines that come out um, that we would be required or possibly have to follow in order to proceed with our seasons. We'll know more of that in the next week or so. I think you'll see either more decisions, whether people are going to continue to play or not to play, given what those guidelines are but hopefully we'll have more information um, to understand how that will impact our decisions moving forward for winter and spring. Thank you guys. And you guys, everybody uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. You do the same. Thanks, John. We're going to move to Mark Gray next. Uh, hi, everybody. Great to uh, see you. I hope you can hear me. Are we good? Yes. Okay, uh, my, my question is for, uh, I guess, Clyde as an athletic director and maybe for you, Jackie, from a commissioner standpoint. And I'm just asking for a broad perspective here on given the, the financial impact that football has on every, every other program, um, what percentage or what kind of um, uh, financial uh, strain does that put on operating costs and things of that nature uh, uh, by not being able to have the games particularly and fulfilling those whole home dates? Well, I don't think it's putting a strain mark, so to speak, on the athletic department. It's given us time to reallocate our funds, our budgetary funds. As you know, the virus, uh, COVID-19, impacted all of our revenues from an institutional perspective at all our institutions. So we're trying to manage those funds as efficiently and as effectively as possible. Thus, we're looking at all the different options and we're going to use uh, every possible funding source to support all of our sports program, not only football. Yes, we will lose some revenue from tickets um, um, and other items, but for the most part, we're going to look at being very efficient with the funds we do have so we can provide the experience that the commissioner said to our, uh, our base out there who enjoy CIAA football and all our other sports. And let's not forget the other sports also, too. Um, cross country and volleyball are two uh, very important to us as well as football. But, yes, we will do the, the best we can to uh, maximize and be efficient with all funds that are under our purview as athletic directors. And, yeah, and Mark, to add to that, you know, on a conference standpoint, we depend on our sponsorships in our host cities. You know, Salem is our location um, and, and carries on here now, but 
Salem is one of our locations where we have an agreement to have our championship there. But we're lucky and blessed to have the partners that we have and understand and how we work together to get through this and what it could look like on the other side, even you know going next year or whatever decisions that we make as a partner. I mean, I think that's the unique piece about CIAA. It's just not transactional, that we have relationships where we can talk through this thing to figure out how it could work for all of us. And that's even with our sponsors. We've been very open and candid with our sponsors as they have with us too. Everyone is having challenges in their organizations from layoffs um, to funding. And so how we work together and provide the um, deliverables to them differently, those are things that we're talking through now. And so I think everyone across the world knows in college athletics, particularly when I believe it's always been about uh, the educational experience and now it's become this grand business model um, that has us in panic about how we're going to have ticket sales, how we're going to have sponsorship deals and all those other things. I think this is a great reset for everyone. But for CIAA, I think we have always been um, very realistic about the things that we have and what's most important to us. So not to panic about what we don't have, but how we're going to take advantage of what we do have and reallocate our resources to still give those experiences and provide those deliverables for our partners that we work with. And I also also like to add, Commissioner, that when you talk about deliverables and reallocating of, of, of funding, we're going to be looking into our CIAA network a lot greater to a lot greater extent to work with sponsors and work with institutions to provide another opportunity. Uh, Dr. Abdullah once said, out of pain comes gain. And this is going to be a, a moment for an opportunity to move forward with a lot of things. We, we went into the CIAA network last year. It was very successful. And we can build upon that moving forward, especially during this COVID-19 period. So to follow up on that, would that be like uh, virtual programming and stuff? Or when you say network, are you talking about co collective uh body of uh, schools, athletic directors, and the like, just for clarity purposes? It's an opportunity for a lot of things. Um, ex uh, virtual experiences, uh, programming, interviews, a whole host of things, Mark, that we could continue to do and build upon to enhance the CIAA brand and to promote each of our institutions. So um, I, I just had, and this is Catherine Capital, uh, Baltimore Sun Media Group. Um, I just had kind of a more Bowie State specific question. So apologies to everyone here, not related to Bowie State. Um, how much, and just piggybacking off the last question, how much revenue specifically does Bowie State football, which of course had such an incredible season last year, um, bring in, in terms of funding other programs at the school? Well, Football doesn't fund any other programs at the school. Our revenue is generated through our student fees across the board. We bring in a little bit of revenue with our ticket sales, but it's nowhere close to supporting uh, what you would believe or what you would uh, uh, think about the big time schools that support the entire athletic department. We're not in that boat with them. We're not rowing with them down that river. So our, um, our, our, our revenue helps in a sense um, it's it's not substantial, but it is something that we use to support uh, our programs across the board. Gotcha. And just a quick follow up, if it's OK, um, what would you tell? Of course, I know I know several athletes who are headed to Bowie State this fall for various sports. What would you tell those athletes who are probably feeling a little insecurity about their futures right now? 
Well, I, I we have worked diligently with our student athletes on a daily basis since this all started back in March when we had to leave campus and do remote education. Um, and the number one factor to go to school is education. And, and that's our number one priority is academic excellence. So our coaches, staffs have been working with all of our returning student athletes, our incoming student athletes to tell them that this too shall pass. And we all will get through this together. Sports is not the end all be all to, the, to life. And we have to realize that as we move forward in life, just like an ineligible athlete comes to me and says, oh, what am I going to do this year? I can't play. Well, that year goes by very quickly and they're back out there participating. And we will be back out there participating. And it's just unfortunate this has happened across the globe. It's not a, it's an international situation and we're all impacted by it. So we stay with those student athletes who want to come on campus, who want to do certain things and try to explain to them and provide them with all the updated information that we possibly can to keep them connected. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, next up, we're going to go with um, Wayne Epps. Hey, I'm, uh, with Wayne Epps with the Richmond Times Dispatch. Um, I was wondering, uh, how long were you kind of considering this decision? What were you hearing from member schools during the process? And what kind of pushed you to that final decision to say, hey, we need to go ahead and, and decide to, to, uh, to, to suspend fall sports? Wayne, I'll jump in there first. And I know the commissioner will follow up, but... Two months ago, this wasn't even on the table. We were very optimistic that we were going to be able to have full sports and move forward with that. But like I said earlier in my opening, Corona is making the decisions for us. And as the things start to spike and, and you see the red states and things are starting to not get better, we felt that in the best interest of safety, which is non-negotiable across the board, to make this decision. We had options on the table, what these things would look like. This was one of the options as we went through it. Our first option was to, to play the season starting in August like we always do. And then we went down the list from there. And then we hit this point, this plateau right now, where we said to everybody across the board, how are we going to be able to do this? And the decision was made and, and based upon safety first, then getting the revenues to protect people from a safety perspective. Yeah. Uh, if I could ask as well, I was mentioned earlier that uh, you guys kind of have a, a schedule in place for what spring football will look like. What, what would that look like? Would it be, you know, starting a season in February or March? And also, if I could add it as well, um, mentioning sort of allocation of funds, like would playing football in the spring kind of affect, you know, yearly budgets, you know, kind of pushing that back into next year at all? Well, we, the schedule, we're looking at various different models right now. So, uh, that's will be continued to be discussed and determined. Um, Budget-wise, I mean, if we play in the fall or we play in the spring, we're still going to be allocating the same type of funding towards the program. So that money, will, those funds will be there to support the program in the spring. We're just flipping things, Wayne, as you can know. We're not playing football in the fall. We're playing in the spring, but we're still going to play this year. And so that's the goal and the opportunity. Thank you. All right, next we're going to go with uh, Mr. Eric Moore. You're on mute, Eric. Still on mute. You're on mute, Eric. Eric, you're on mute.
You're still on mute, Eric. Is that working? There you go. There you go. There okay. you go. I'd like to take the conversation a little differently in that I noticed at the end of the press release announcing the uh, suspension of fall sports, there was an inclusion of a statement from the SIAC. Uh, was it anticipating some partnership activities with the SIAC, or was it just the two Division two HBCU conferences making a joint statement? Jackie? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Eric. And, you know, I commend uh, Dr. French, that's um, the chair for SIAC, and Dr. Abdullah, the chair, obviously, for the CIAA. They had conversation as part of Division two, um, and as part of colleagues as well. Um, I think coming out of that, I think there was a belief, and Dr. Abdullah could speak up, you know, that there was an opportunity if we were going to announce the same time that we should go out together and we should have some type of statement uh, collectively because our issues are the same um, and the, the the reasons why we're postponing are for the same. Now, just Eric, the, the Division Two overall, other conferences are still talking about what to do, whether there'll be collaborations, I don't know. Um, but it just made sense for us to try to collaborate, at least in a joint statement, that we're standing together and we'll try to figure out how to move forward as best as we can. And Dr. Abdullah might be able to add to that. Uh, I will. Uh, again, I want to I want to thank uh, also President French, chair of the SAIC, and all of the member schools in the SAIC. They were considering uh, a similar proposal around the same time uh, that we were. Uh, and so it was good for us to be able to collaborate to have a joint announcement. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes, sir. <laughs> All Thank right. Thank you, Mr. Moore. Um, next, we'll go to Norman Dotson. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. It's actually James Hill with Black News Channel. Norman is one of our uh, digital um, people. He's really, really awesome. And so, um, yeah, but thank you. Um, just wanted to ask, as far as the out-of-season schedule, uh, the game or two where you step out of conference, uh, do you envision actually playing those games in the spring as well? Or will you come back in the spring and just play CIAA football? Well, um, we're looking at from a football perspective to just play in the conference because of the impact and how many games that football has to play. And our main goal and initiative is to just play the conference games in football. Other sports, we will look at non-conference opponents if there is an availability of an opportunity to do so because there are still some of the spring sports will be operating within their traditional seasons. Mm -hmm. So there might be an opportunity for basketball to still play some non-traditional, uh, non, you know, uh, non-conference games, softball, uh, volleyball. So we're going to look at it from a sport by sport basis to determine. But I do not think that football will have the opportunity to play outside of the conference. I think we'll be just have enough time to get those conference games in and move forward from there. And James, the, NC, the CIAA and all of our conferences have been working closely with the NCAA on making modifications to the schedule 
and having some flexibility. I think most of our conferences are really seeking to make sure that we can get our conference games um, in. Um, that would be the priority before we reached out to the outside, but not limit those opportunities as long as we can meet our minimum and maximum numbers um, as part of being in the membership. I guess that what's different now is because we are looking and considering the spring, we have to also figure out and consider what's going on in the rest of the, the landscape of college athletics for Division II. But I do think that based on our conversations with our conference, we're going to focus. We have one year just to focus on giving our student athletes an opportunity to play the game that they love. And if that's just in the conference, then that's just what it is. But there's a lot more conversation that will have to take place. Will do. Jackie, also, anytime there's crisis, you know, people look at the negative part, but talk about the positive part. We can't see it right now, but going forward, the CIAA has always been a winner. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like we are, as Clyde would say, we're the most resilient conference. I mean, you guys have watched us for 108 years. Well, he wasn't that here that long, but you've seen all the things that we've been. I think we're experts in crisis management, actually, and um, and being able to manage the good and the bad. I, I, I honestly believe that every decision that we make is a win. It may not be for those who, who, um, who, who may not like the decisions that we make, but I think we think out very well what opportunities exist through these challenges. And I think we always reinvent ourselves to be better and to do better um, regardless of what that decision is. You know, again, my staff is on it. We're working with our partners. We're trying to figure out, you know, what is the next, what do we do in the interim outside of all the planning? How do we stay visible? How do we stay relevant? How do we engage our alumni, our fans? I mean, we are a conference that is so beyond just playing the game, but that is significantly why we're here today. And so how do we continue to engage and, and work with our membership, our student athletes and our sponsors to make that happen? So we're in that state. We've been talking about this over the last few months, um, but now it's time to really dig in since we've made a decision and figure out what the next looks like and the opportunities available to continue to move forward. Yes, Norman, we are resilient and we are more than just sports. And this has given us an opportunity to do a whole lot of different things around diversity, inclusion, and uh, self-development with our student-athletes, and it's taken root. Our SAC has been wonderful during this whole period. They have reached out to their members on each campus and worked with them about various different things. And in life, these things happen beyond four years of eligibility. So in 40 years, how it's going to impact you down the road, these are the opportunities for teaching opportunities that we have right now before us, and we're taking full advantage of those. Yeah. Thank you, James. Um, next, we'll go to John Emmett. Hi, thanks, Ben. Uh, John Emmett, WBST Petersburg. Uh, for Commissioner McWilliams, Earlier this week, football coaches and ADs kind of publicly presented an idea for the spring season. Did that sort of hasten the decision-making timetable? Um, absolutely not. Uh, you know, our conference has definitely, um, we are strategists and the conversations and the information that we have shared with our membership and how they shared it, um, I don't think had any bearing on us having to make a decision yesterday. I mean, we were prepared to get together. Dr. Abdullah was, um, as our chair, has provided leadership 
in ensuring that we can make a decision um, today or yesterday. And if it was extended to next week, it wouldn't have been because of what was presented um, in the media over the past week. But I think the thoughtfulness and the timing was right um, and had also been considered um, for the past week anyways. And so, again, some things get out um, and information is shared and it, it's not that devastating to us. We just take that information and continue to move it as part of our process of um, making the decision that we made. And so I'm pleased, I'm glad that our coaches and our administrators and those who, who have made comments um, are engaged and understand the importance of being a part of the process, but ultimately the board and the conference office will take all that information and, and make the timing the timing for us, um, for the entire membership, um, and that's what we did. May I follow up uh, quickly with Dr. Abdullah? Uh, Dr. Abdullah is obviously a huge supporter of BSU athletics and a really enthusiastic fan. How tough is this kind of on a personal emotional level uh, well, it is, and, and I'll, I'll talk big picture. The entire thing is, is very difficult uh, as we try to navigate this new world in higher education uh, and how do we uh, do the best that we can to provide quality experiences in a world now where proximity is difficult, right? And so it's difficult for sports. Uh, it's difficult for our, our faculty to be able to do the kinds of work that they are used to doing. Um, I think it's difficult across the board in higher education. And so I, uh, you are correct. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. This is a, a very challenging decision in that way. Um, but I believe it's the right decision ultimately uh, for our student athletes, for their safety, for the safety of our coaches, safety of administrators, for the safety of our referees, uh, for the safety of our fans. And so um, I'm proud that the CIAA is making this, making this decision today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next we'll go to, oh, thank you, John. Next we'll go to AD Drew. Uh, AD Drew, Black College Sports Network. Uh, just wanted to figure out the logistics of possibly playing your, your fall sports in the spring along with the traditional spring sports and then you've got your basketball carryover. Just trying to see uh, logistically how that's going to work, especially for those who have traditionally been two-sport athletes, you know, cross-country people, they run cross-country in the fall and run track in the spring, and you've got indoor track that's going to that's gonna cross over. You may have some volleyball players who play softball and some things like this. So uh, that that would be question number one. And, and question number two would be, would there possibly be a, with the SIC and the CIAA looking at spring, spring football, maybe a possible championship game for those two for Division Two HBCU championship? Those are my two questions. I'll tackle number one, and Jackie can have number two. Um, from a dual sport participation, well, first let's look at the logistics you talk about with facilities and such. That was a major discussion amongst the athletic directors because we're going to have to manage that situation. We've already worked amongst ourselves and amongst our staffs to know that's going to be a difficult situation, but we're going to make it work because of the situation, because we want to provide that experience that the commissioner talked about for our student athletes. So it's, it's going to be easy? No. Will we make it work? Yes, we will. As far as the two-sport athletes are concerned, we had that discussion on campus, and all our ADs have had that discussion with their members and their student athletes. 
it's going to be a tough decision. But let me say this. No student athlete will lose their scholarship if they decide to pick one sport over the other. They will be able to participate and, and, and play at their leisure or their, with their bequest of what they want to do for the season. If they decide to go play volleyball over cross country or cross country over volleyball, that's going to be their option. And we're going to work towards that goal. Commissioner. Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, we're talking about a one year, hopefully, right? If this COVID person would just get out the way, we're talking about one year of trying to make some adjustments to give opportunities to our student athletes. You know, God, God willing, you know, we won't be talking about this in the next year or so. Um, but in the case that we are, just for this coming, for this 2021 season, you know, the opportunities, again, as we bet out what those opportunities look like and collaborations with other conferences to include the SIAC. Um, we have um, reached out this morning just to say, you know, how proud I was that we were able to collaborate on this, you know, and there may be some other opportunities later um, that we should consider, whether that's leadership development, programming, educational programming, but even through our sports and championships. Again, I think we'll focus mainly on trying to figure out what that looks like um, for all of our conferences, particularly SIAC and CIAA, and then figure out if there's a collaboration opportunity for a championship amongst. You know, the, the, the lines of states, that's the thing. I said we are in five different states, everybody has different regulations, and everyone has to play in the sandbox fairly. Right, and so we're concerned just in our own conference um, on how we're going to manage PPE planning, how the safety of our student athletes, and when you go outside of your conference, if we're consistent, is there consistency with other conferences that we would continue to play with if that is required at that time? And so there's a lot to talk about still. We're in the beginning stages of that, way beginning stages, but I do think there's an, um, an opportunity for us to have those discussions to figure out how we can work together and again help uplift each other uh, through this time this one year period. Thank you. All right, we have time for one more question. Let's go to Jamie Walker. Hello, I'm Jamie Walker, HBCU Report. Um, looking, and I saw a couple of reports um, from the SIAC about um, some schools expressing the, the want to actually um, play games as an independent in the fall. Um, have any schools in, in the CIAA um, expressed that same want? And we're going to stick together through this and we're going to train. Uh, any, there was a discussion that was had about equality. So we're going to all start our practice seasons at the same time. We're all going to start our acclimation seasons at the same time. We're going to play at the same time. We are one unit, one body, the CIAA, the resilient CIAA, and there has been no discussion whatsoever about someone playing outside of that uh, decisions that have been made. Thank that's you. That's absolutely true. So I think that's the beauty of this conference, Jamie, is that um, we are we are a family, and when one family member does something, we want to support that family member collectively. And the board is a family and they made a decision that we would move in this COVID together and help each other manage and share ideas and expectations so that we can all thrive and the brand could continue to live the way that it does collectively. And so that's where we stand right now. And Clyde is correct. There may have been some discussions of the what if, 
But at the end of the day, um, the, the collaboration and the ability to stand together felt better um, for the conference. And so I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for Clyde's leadership and Dr. Abdullah and our board for making my job easier and how we continue to, to think about how we move ahead together. Jamie, it was always to a point that if one of our member institutions couldn't participate for any reason whatsoever due to COVID, we weren't going to play. We weren't going to participate because that's how strong we felt that we had to stick together like peanut butter and move forward. <laughs> Outstanding. You don't have to quote that, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate you.